In our sermons over the past recent weeks, we've been looking at some of the major themes or topics that we find in the New Testament that really are foundational to our faith, but that I think we often don't really understand very well. Last week we looked at the idea of grace, and in the weeks previous we considered faith and also truth, especially how Jesus represents the whole truth. Today I want us to look at another critically important concept which is foundational to our faith, and that is the idea of freedom. To get us started, let's read together the passage for today's sermon, which is found in the Gospel of John, the 8th chapter, beginning with the 31st verse. John 8, 31 to 36. Hear now this, which is the word of the Lord. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. May God add his blessing to this reading of his word. Well, in looking at this passage, it's interesting that it starts out with Jesus speaking to Jews who were told had already believed in him, but who apparently had not yet committed themselves to being his followers. It appears while they had made a conscious or mental decision that Jesus was probably the Messiah, they had not yet accepted him as Lord and Master, which was indicated by the fact that they had not yet been obedient to his teaching, and so were not yet his true followers. This is very much the same message that we've been talking about in the recent past. The fact that true faith requires more than just cognitive assent, more than just a mental agreement. True faith also requires obedience. This is why Jesus says elsewhere, If you love me, you will keep my commands. Here he's making exactly the same point. If you hold to my teachings, then you are really my disciples. And you will know the truth. But when Jesus, but then Jesus says something else that immediately offends these lukewarm Jewish followers. He tells them that this truth that he has to offer them is the truth that will set them free. Immediately they get their backs up. Immediately they respond in pride by saying, what do you mean we'll be set free? We're Jews. We are descendants of Father Abraham. We have never been anyone's slaves. So what do you mean by saying you're going to set us free? Well, first thing is we have to recognize that this proud statement coming from a first century Jew was actually pretty ridiculous from any historical point of view. Since the time of their father Abraham, the Jews had been slaves first in Egypt, then they were later conquered and controlled by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, and finally the Romans who were in absolute control of Palestine at the time that these words were spoken. In other words, contrary to this proud man's opinion who says we've never been slaves to anybody, the Jews had been under the heel of almost every major power in that region for most of 15 centuries. Only for about 300 years or so, between the times of King David and Solomon, up until the destruction of the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 B.C. by the Assyrians, only for about those 300 years of all of the 15 previous centuries had the Jews in any way been able to say they weren't under somebody else's control. Now, 
I can imagine Jesus having the same conversation with an American or a Canadian or a Mexican. Just tell any American or any citizen of a democratic nation that they are not really free and they very likely are to go on the defensive. What are you talking about that I'm not free? I'm a free citizen of a democracy. This would especially be true of Americans because after all we are so proud of being from the home of the brave and the land of the free. It's right there in our national anthem. But that would be about political freedom. And this passage in John 8 is a perfect illustration of the fact that the Jews had a fundamental or a basic misunderstanding of what kind of Messiah Jesus was to be. You see, the Jews expected the Messiah, who had been promised since the time of Moses, to be like King David. He would be anointed by God to bring political freedom and national power and pride back to the Jewish people. They expected that the Messiah would, first and foremost, drive off the Romans, drive them out of their country, and bring Israel back to the kind of greatness that they'd known under King David. That's what they thought the Messiah was about. But Jesus was not willing to even talk about political freedom. He had absolutely no interest in the geopolitical aspirations of the Jewish people or the nation of Israel. The freedom that Jesus was offering was not freedom from political oppression, from the Romans or anybody else. He was offering freedom from spiritual oppression. Jesus uses the phrase here, Verily I say to you, which is a way of saying, Listen up. This is really important. Don't miss it and don't get it wrong. Pay attention. And then he emphatically tells his Jewish listeners, and he's telling us today, that's why this has come down to us 2,000 years later, that the slavery he is talking about is slavery to sin. And that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. In other words, brothers and sisters, we are all slaves. The Jew who Jesus was speaking to, you and me, because we are all sinners. In the first chapter of his epistle, the book of 1 John, in the first chapter, verse 8 to 10, the same John who is writing this account tells us this, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. We are all sinners, which means we are all slaves to sin in bondage to our fallen natures and to our selfish appetites. And the result of that sin is very simple. It's death. The wages of sin is death. And the fear of death is another part of our slavery, according to both the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. It is sin and the fear of death that keeps us in bondage. But in His gracious mercy, God has given us a way out, a way to be free from the slavery of sin and death by having Jesus pay the penalty with His own life. The Son of God died to pay the price so we would not have to. He died to release us from the slavery of sin and the fear of death. That's what Jesus means when he says here, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. That was what John meant when he wrote 
If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We will be made clean and free. And this was the whole reason that Jesus had come to earth, incarnate as a human man. In the fourth chapter of Luke, Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth where he had grown up and he announces in the synagogue that he is there to do the ministry of his father. He does it by reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he says, he has appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This was what Jesus came for. Freedom for the prisoners. Freedom from sin. Freedom from spiritual oppression. That is what Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, came to give us, to give all who would accept Him and would follow Him in true faith. But still, being the proud people that we are, many of us would probably insist that Well, yeah, I've had a few problems, you know, a few slip-ups. I haven't always been the best I could be, I will admit that. And I can't claim that I've never sinned, not never sinned, but it's, it's simply not true that I am a slave to sin. I'm not nearly that bad. Really? Can any one of us look at our lives honestly and tell ourselves that we are not slaves to sin, to the appetites that we have in our lives? Are not every one of us prone to one extent or another to the sins that are predominant in humanity? The sins of anger and envy, of lust and greed, of addiction and broken, unhealthy relationships? Do not every one of us struggle against a desire for status, a desire for approval, a desire for power, a desire for material wealth? Do not all of us have a tendency to forget about God and focus on our own appetites, on our own desires first and foremost? Don't we all do that to some extent or another? And in every case, that is sin. And are we not all afraid? We are afraid of running out of money and financial resources, afraid of loneliness, afraid of sickness, and afraid of death. And ultimately, that fear is not simply or is simply a lack of faith. It is simply our not being confident that the Lord loves us enough that He will take care of us. We simply don't believe Him when He says He is our shepherd and that we will have no want. Are we not all still slaves to sin and the results of sin in virtually every part of our lives? We may not like it in ourselves. I'm sure we don't. But isn't it there? Are we not slaves to sin? But this is exactly why Jesus came. He came to set us free from our slavery. He came to give freedom to every one of you and me and every person that will receive him. As the cover of your bulletins this morning say, quoting Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We are free from sin and from fear and from all the rest of it. And we then are also free to choose service, to choose to share share His love with those others in our world and in our lives, to be obedient to Him. Jesus came to give us freedom, 
Freedom from sin, freedom from fear, especially the fear of death, freedom from spiritual oppression, and that is real freedom. You can be locked in the deepest dungeon of the most oppressive government that has ever been and still be free. If you are free from the spiritual oppression of sin and Satan and you are in Christ Jesus. And that real freedom is available to anyone no matter where they live or what political system they live under. It involves simply accepting Jesus. Accepting him as the son of God who came to pay the price for our sins and choosing to obey him and to serve him only. Not like the Jews who had only made a mental consent to the fact that he was the Messiah, but were not willing to commit themselves. If we are willing to accept and commit ourselves to be a follower, a true disciple of Jesus Christ, then, as we are told here in John 8, the Son will set us free, and if the Son sets us free, we will be free indeed. Amen.